Um, so, I am here with Kronong, who is, um, and just what I want to put on record, I don't know how deeply you are involved with sort of the topic of global warming, mm-hmm. but could you kind of go through that first, just for the record as well, and for myself? Okay. I don't know how exactly you want me to go through it, but, so currently I'm a final year chemistry student. Okay. I, I've always had an interest in science from very early on, and I probably would have called myself an environmentalist without knowing it from when I was four or five. Do you, like, when we were doing earthlings and stuff in school, so, you know, looking at social things Mm. and cultural things like that as well, we had an environmental section to that. And I was always interested, you know, from the get-go, we were talking about ice caps melting, species going extinct, like pandas was a big one at the time. And from an early age, you know, five, six, seven, that really did resonate with me. So I think it was always kind of deep-seated in me. My dad works in the environmental section in the county council. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I always, it was always there. I was always brought up never like, to litter. Just things, things that seem very normal now and I think most people would see as being very normal. And I just kind of found my way into caring about climate change and caring about global warming mm. and trying to, I think it's well, it's, I have an interest in teaching, so I was trying to use my knowledge to help people who don't understand or can't wrap their heads around it. It's not to say I'm an expert, I definitely don't know my way around it. I I barely understand a lot of the things that go on, but it's trying to just work down piece by piece Mm. and try to explain to people what's actually going on. Cool. I wouldn't call myself an activist. I don't like that word. Oh, really? Necessarily. Yeah, I don't like being attributed as an activist. Mm. I feel like everyone should be you should care about something. If you care about something, you, you do something about it. I don't think you should have to be labelled anything to so be like yeah, that. A doctor's a doctor. They're not a medical activist. Right. You know? It's something like that. Fair enough. Uh, I kind of want to take a different approach to the topic kind of today with you. Because I think there's a lot of talk on, like, you know, the, the science believers and the science deniers. Like, and, and so we could get to this, you know, get on this topic for ages, but I kind of want to take it from another approach, which is like, how do we sort of narrow the gap between the two groups? Like from what you've sort of seen throughout the years, like what is sort of the main issue between the conflict, between the, basically the deniers and the believers? Like where is, what's step one kind of, where does the, I know this is a big topic, but I'm kind of curious, what's your take on that? I would say the first thing is that scientific literacy, so how people understand science, how how good people are at science, or or how good they think they are at science, is not at a level to engage in this topic. This is a complicated topic, and it's not just science. It's geographical, it's socioeconomic, it's politics. It is as much of a mishmash of a subject as you can get. So I think seeing those kind of threads and pulling them together and understanding then the science of is one huge area of it. Two, I think, is probably just how susceptible people are. Maybe it kind of comes into scientific literacy or understanding, but how susceptible people are to just following a thread they see on Facebook or believing the first thing they see. That's not science. Science isn't, and, But science isn't about being right. It's about proving your certainty or, you know, trying to lower your uncertainty. Mm. Nothing is 100%. We can't say for certain anything is certain. But, and that's, and climate is very difficult. Is that how you'd approach the topic? Would you approach it with like, you know, the thing I'm sort of like really passionate about or this kind of specific data that I'm looking at now that I'm sort of publishing or or sort of shouting out or, Mm. you know, even on the streets, like, would you approach it that like, I may be wrong? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's an important thing as well to realise now is, I, I think that's kind of one of the arguments we use with, or like we should use with climate change. 
let's say we are wrong. Let's let's say yeah. this is totally natural. And quote, that it's, you know, not quote, unquote, it's not our fault at all. Okay. Why shouldn't we look at improving systems anyway. or trying to do anything to help? Like, like this is a situation that's unfolding, whether it's man-made or not. Like we're heading this direction. So why not try and do something about it's it? It's just something you bring that up, yeah. Because like yeah. That, that's something that you see a lot is that like you know those comment wars on Facebook mm. and all this kind of stuff that people will kind of be. You know, so like, oh no, it's not human's fault because of this. And it's like, oh no, it, is, like, it really is because of this. And then someone just comments like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> what if we just, you know, use our resources to sort of help it anyway? Like, if it's our fault or not, like, yeah. that's kind of what you're saying as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a big one. I don't see why we should live or operate in a society or a world that doesn't try and do something. But as well as that, you know, we, we have come up against things in the scientific community before that we've addressed. One, I think... And probably the most famous example would be damaging the ozone layer with CFCs. Mm. There was no Facebook, there was no social media interaction, or as much so. You had the newspapers and media in that light, mm. but scientists came together, they realised this was a problem, and they decided to do something about it. And there was no kerfuffle, there was no arguing, there was no, not much, you know, not much of that. As you, you know, I wasn't alive at the time, so it's a lot harder to kind of put myself in the shoes of the people there, um, and I'd have to go back and you know, go through tons and tons of articles and see what was actually going on. But the kind of, the the theme seems to be that people were on board with it. It seemed to be a logical step, Mm -hmm. but then again, it didn't cost them lots and lots of money. Yeah, but going back to sort of like my initial question with like the steps of it and you kind of went through it there, I suppose you've kind of, you've kind of said that and it's fair enough that it's just, it's so difficult. It's such a difficult topic. It's so broad, like, so what do you think is going to happen? Because like you're, you're saying, like, you know, there's that danger of someone looking, like someone that's not, say, educated in the field, and then someone just sees that first post and it's kind of emotional and, and gra- you know, mm-hmm. grabbing you, kind of, your attention, and he kind of just follows that. So where would that, like, what's going to happen? You know, because okay. so much. Yeah, so this is where I disagree with the climate alarmism a lot okay. of the time. I don't, and, and it's where I think scientific understanding comes into it, and the media's lack of scientific understanding comes in. So you see these posts that we have 11 years, we see you know, 11 years or 12 years to change the world, essentially, mm. you know, and it's essentially a target for where we have to get our emissions under a certain level to lower our, uh, our future temperature increase. Mm. That's not to say the world's going to end in 2030. This isn't a 2012, you know, December event, you know, that's not to say that in 2100, the world's going to be gone or a, a ball of fire. Right. So I, I, I disagree with that usage of, of panic. But at the same time, we should be doing more. And I don't think there is enough. Panic is the wrong word, I think. But there's not enough action, regardless. We should be looking at doing more. And we should be looking at working on things as quickly as possible. That's an interesting one. I hear that, um, I hear that argument a lot from the things I follow sort of online. Um, from the conservative party in America, sort of. How like they, they like debunk some of the exaggerated sort of you know it, it, like you're saying mm-hmm. like in 2000 and whatever the end you know this is gonna not, you know the rivers are gonna be gone or whatever mm-hmm. or this is gonna be this and sort of like whenever these things don't come true it's sort of even tougher to to make action i find anyway there's something i've seen that like it's almost like like the conservative party has like oh gotcha like you were wrong there what if you're wrong again and it's sort of an argument that it's very hard to sort of you know, step aside and be like, no, you're wrong, because you're kind of, you're, they have a point, and so it's, it's kind of hard to deal with that then, because if you're going to be predicting all these things all the time, and then 
you're going to predict so much that obviously one of these or few of these are going to be wrong. It's mm -hmm. sort of like giving the other party a, yeah. like, a <laughs> like a head start or like a, a, yeah. a win. So I suppose I'd have two comments on that. One would be, I would hope I'm wrong. I would hope we're all wrong. I would hope that everything works out dandy and, you know, our predictions totally fail. And right. we've, we've absolutely missed something. And the other thing is that scientists get things wrong very maybe not so fa maybe famous to me but not so yeah. famous to other people but like you know Einstein got a lot of things a lot of things wrong Einstein so didn't here. believe Einstein didn't think you could get energy from the inside of an atom and now we have nuclear energy nuclear bombs galore yeah, um, that's a big one <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely um, and say at the moment you have two well, you have a few kind of competing theories within science like quantum mechanics and relativity, things like that, they don't line up. Right. But life goes on, but and they don't agree with each other. They're all scientists. So they're all they're professionals. All, exactly. They spent these people have spent their, their lives dedicated on this theory to this. that is opposite to someone else's theory. Exactly. Yeah. But the world goes on. The world works. Whereas maybe they're both wrong, but one of them's right, one of them's wrong. It's not to say they were totally on the wrong track or on the mm. wrong path. You know. And you can see the same in climate change. The predictions they might not totally equate because we might be missing something there might be some other factors to go into this but the predictions are in the correct trend there's a positive positive correlations temperatures are increasing they might not increase by as much as we say but it's going that direction not the not the other direction no, i do i do like your approach with this it's nice to sit down mm -hmm. and talk about it. i do like your approach you're quite centered even though you're Mm -hmm. you're not you know but i think that's the healthy way of kind of looking at it in a way to be kind of like you're saying to kind of have a passion be passionate about something you want to do something about it but you're also quite central like you're quite like you know like i could be wrong but also like that's such a good thing like you're criti you're critically thinking about the whole thing like a scientist like a scientist <laughs> i suppose i don't know if you have much more to say on this topic but i suppose to if you wanted to close it off um what's like your message then sort mm -hmm. of like what is what are your beliefs your personal beliefs like these are like the things that you're sort of passionate about about global okay government. we are very privileged to be where we are we live in a country that has you know it does have fantastic resources it has money it has a working government we go to a university that has plenty of money thrown into it and plenty of services even equipment and facilities like this room that we're in at the moment when or i think if you would ever like to call yourself human human involves empathy and i think if you were to read some of the stories and how climate change is affecting some of the people in the worst kind of condition in the in parts like africa or even in america coal miners people who don't have educations who have spent their their lives working factories or facilities who or farmers who now need a new state of life i think they're the people that you should care about not yourself and it's going to cost money either way but it's going to cost a lot of people a lot more than just money well, thank you very much no hassle thank you